You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 94, How to Judge Righteously. Now, you've probably heard the scripture, judge not that ye be not judged. And yet, what do we humans so automatically and easily do? We judge. Judgment is an exceptionally powerful force in our life and can either make us or break us. In this episode, we will learn a profound interpretation of what it means to judge not that ye be not judged. And most importantly, how to judge righteously. There is a way to use judgment to your great advantage, and we all need to learn how to harness its great power. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available in Deseret Bookstores and on Amazon.com. It's filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to everyone who has left a review for this podcast on iTunes. I read every review and I am so grateful for each person who takes the time to give back in this way. If you haven't left a review, would you do so today? Just pause this episode and tell me what has been your biggest takeaway so far. Today's review of the week comes from A. Belknap. She says, thank you for sharing the many insights and truths you have learned with me. I just started your 40-day meditation course and love the deep feelings I have felt after just six days of meditating. I loved your podcast about compliments. I love to give compliments, but when I learned the powerful truth that God works through me when I compliment someone, I was overwhelmed with gratitude. I will receive compliments in a whole new way. In the past, I have never listened to a podcast for more than a few episodes. Your podcast keeps me thirsting for more. Thank you for keeping me company when I'm doing my housework, reminding me of my eternal value, and helping me grow closer to my Heavenly Father through your loving words. Hey, Belknap, thank you. Thank you so much for your review. I am so proud of you for already making it six days meditating. That consistency will totally bless your life. And amazing that you bring up the power of compliments and how they bless someone's life. Your review has certainly done that for me. So this is an amazing moment to have that come full circle. I'm excited for you in your meditation journey and cheering you on. For those of you wondering which episode she's referring to, it comes from the episode, The Truth About Compliments, and it is amazing. I will link it here in the show notes. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings and reviews and your shares are what make this podcast possible. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing. I want to start off this episode by sharing a story with you. Late this summer, I was staying at a cabin in the mountains and I set out on a walk by myself. To be honest, my decision to go on a walk was triggered by feelings of frustration and anger, and I knew I needed to get outside and gain some new perspective on life. The cabin was situated at the bottom of a mountain, and because I was in a state of anger, I figured I would just hike up the mountain until I felt better, and then I would turn around. Well, 
Six miles later, <laughs> I can say that I most definitely felt different. And I experienced a profound revelation that altered me forever. Hiking worked out my angry feelings. And once my mind and heart were finally in an open state again, God sent me a message so clear that I wept. The words that came into my mind were, Judge not that ye be not judged. I've heard this scripture countless times in my life. And yet this time, I understood it so differently that it felt like every cell in my body had just received a secret of the universe. A secret that if I could really understand would change my life and my relationships forever. Now, before I share with you this new interpretation that I had of the scripture, let me share the old way that I've always believed. Judge not that ye be not judged. I have always thought of this as a warning from God to watch out in how I'm judging others or he will condemn me in the same way. That moment on the mountaintop, I received an entirely new meaning. And it was hidden in plain sight. When God says again and again in scripture that he speaks in plainness, it is so true. I understood these words plainly. I understood them literally. Judge not that ye be not judged. To be is a state of being. When we make a judgment on ourselves, on others, on our circumstances, we put a story or meaning on things. That story creates a reality, which creates our state of being. The moment we judge something, we step into that reality and we experience it. We live it. It changes our state of being. We humans judge everything all day long. <laughs> Even the small judgments of, I like this or I don't like this. These judgments will instantly create a reality that we then experience. The Lord's invitation to judge not, that ye be not judged, is a secret of the universe on how to be happy. If you want to save yourself some suffering, learn how to not judge and put a story or meaning on things, and then you don't have to be dragged through the experience of living in that reality. Years ago, when my son was about three years old, I made a judgment on him, and it created a difficult reality for me to live in as a parent. The judgment was simply, he is a difficult child. This judgment was a story or meaning I put on his behavior. And because of this judgment, I instantly entered into that reality. Goodness, was it a hard reality to live in? It meant that every day was hard. 
It meant that I saw him as a child trying to be defiant. And that led to more judgments. Things like, I am a terrible mother. And if I was a better mother, he wouldn't behave this way. When we were in public, I imagined judgments of what other people must be thinking. And this added even more complexity to this reality. What's wrong with her son? She should have more control over him. She is failing as a mom. Now, no one ever said those words out loud to me. I imagined them, but they felt real. They felt real because that was the reality that I was living in from all my judgments. This instant need to judge everything is inborn in us. Our brains want to make sense of what we see. And as we learned in the previous episode, we also have Satan interpreting things in our heads offering us judgments, which will then create a reality for us to experience. So how do we stop doing what can feel so automatic? Viktor Frankl is attributed to saying, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our freedom to choose. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. I don't know, honestly, that we will ever stop having judgment thoughts come into our mind as long as we live in a world with Satan. (laughs) However, there is still a space between stimulus and response. When we are in that space, there is essentially three things that can happen. Number one, we choose to believe the judgment and consequently follow that judgment into that reality. Number two, we can actually suspend judgment and stay in that neutral space as an observer. Or number three, we can choose a different judgment that offers a better reality. Now, we have all done the first option, Millions of times in our life. (laughs) So how about we talk about the other two? So be the observer. In my book, I talk about being the observer. This is a common practice in meditation. It is a place of non-judgment. Instead of judging, we observe. So what do you observe exactly? Well, if I'm feeling mad, like I was when I set out on my six-mile hike, I simply observe myself. I notice my stomach is tight and my fists are clenched. I notice that my heart is pumping fast. I notice that I don't want to be with people right now. (laughs) I notice that I have a lot of energy that needs to be felt and released. I don't put a story or meaning or judgment on any of those facts. I just notice everything. It's a delicate place where I feel many emotions, but I'm not judging the feelings and putting meaning on any of it. It just is. It's a place of power because I still have my agency and I can act for myself instead of being acted upon. To be honest, this practice requires a high level of self-awareness. It requires you to be spiritually awake and not asleep. 
You are proactive instead of reactive. When I teach people about meditation, I often admit that before having a daily practice of meditation, it felt like that space between stimulus and response didn't exist. It felt invisible to me. I was always flying into reaction and judgment and couldn't see that space at all. Meditation certainly opened that up for me. And even though I still have moments that I react and I judge, I notice it. The amazing thing to me about this ability to observe is that it is always with you. Even in the moments after we react or after we judge. The moment that we start to observe, we gain the power to return back to the space of non-judgment. I'm working on being able to increase my ability in doing this before I judge or react instead of after, but it's encouraging to know that we can always return back to the space of non-judgment when we decide that we don't want to be in that reality anymore. One of the most profound experiences I have ever had in being the observer happened to me in 2016. I was suffering from PTSD from nearly dying 18 months earlier from a pulmonary embolism. I had no idea that PTSD could be a delayed response, but here I was having regular panic attacks, nightmares, flashbacks, and severe anxiety. I was depressed and would fly into fits of anger. My husband began traveling extensively for work, oftentimes overseas for several weeks at a time, leaving me as the unstable solo parent. To say I was in a bad place mentally was an understatement. Then came the day I hit rock bottom. After screaming at my children like a maniac, I collapsed upon the ground in shame. I felt totally out of control. I lay on the ground sobbing and hating my life. Everything was so hard. And I felt trapped and stuck. In that moment, something wild happened. To this day, I believe heaven staged an intervention because I was not spiritually awake and living in a way that I could be conscious of my thoughts and actions. What happened? In my imagination, I began to view myself from above my body. I could see myself helpless on the ground. I noticed how much I was suffering. I noticed how alone I felt. I noticed I had no strength and my light was dim. I noticed I wasn't getting the self-care I needed to be able to thrive and be who God created me to be. I felt empathy and compassion. I began to feel love for myself as I watched myself laying on the ground. What was happening was I had moved into being an observer. Being the observer allowed me to momentarily leave the harsh reality I was living in and separate from it enough to notice what it was doing to me. From there, I began to tell a new story. I was given some new judgments so I could judge righteously. 
That moment was a turning point in my life that allowed me to create the change I needed so I could live in a better reality. We need to learn how to be an observer. It's the first step of being able to move out of a reality we have created from our judgments. I've just shared how judgments in my relationships and to myself have created a difficult reality to live within. The same thing applies on a community level as well. This past week, I attended a massive four-day business conference held in Orlando, Florida called Funnel Hacking Live. About 5,000 people attend this conference each year. Last year, I attended the conference in person, and it was amazing. And this year, I opted to attend virtually. The final day of the conference, the host stood up and he gave a little disclaimer. He said something like this. The final speakers today may not have the same beliefs that you do. My invitation to you is to keep an open mind and an open heart. Don't let what you don't agree with be the reason that you miss all the other gold nuggets they have to share. The first speaker was Garrett White who I had heard the year before. He is a super macho military style speaker who tends to swear a lot and shout his message. However, this year, that version of Garrett did not come out on stage. Apparently, in the time since last year's event, Garrett White had found Jesus and had become a converted believer. He walked out on stage dressed entirely in white. He didn't swear once. His words were totally clean. He shared his conversion story, and he taught us all business principles through the book of Genesis and the story of Abraham. His presentation included two worship songs, and he ended the entire talk by giving praise to God and saying a prayer for everyone in the room. I was blown away. It was so inspirational. Even more so to those of us who knew what he was like before, and we could see his amazing transformation. What guts and boldness he had to unapologetically share his testimony of Jesus Christ at a business conference. (laughs) As I'm watching this virtually on Zoom, I noticed the comments in the chat box responding to his message. So many people were loving it. People said they were in tears. They were in awe over how much he'd changed and what a motivating message that he shared. And then I noticed two comments from people who were not Christian. They each said something to the effect of, I don't share his beliefs but I totally respect the guy. His message was awesome. Now, the final keynote speaker of the day was the legendary Tony Robbins. In his 40-year career, Tony has coached United States presidents, royal families, Olympians, world-class athletes, and performers. He is a truly gifted and motivating coach and speaker. Tony spoke for six years hours straight. In the first 15 minutes of his talk, it became clear that he was anti-mask 
and anti-vaccine. His comments were civil and polite, and he too was unapologetically sharing his view. This time, however, I watched the chat in Zoom blow up. People were saying things like, get him off the stage. I want a refund for my entire ticket. He just thinks because he's a billionaire, he can say whatever he wants. People were calling him horrible names. And the customer support was kindly asking people to remember to keep an open mind so you don't miss all the other good stuff Tony has to share. The remaining five hours and 45 minutes were filled with amazing business and personal success principles that could totally change your life. I was absolutely astonished at the contrasting response to the two speakers. It was so interesting to see how people could tolerate and hold space in non-judgment for someone who had a different religious belief. But the second it came to these highly charged issues, there was zero tolerance. There was instant judgment and therefore an instant reality people entered with those judgments. Those that gave harsh judgments went into a reality of separation and contention. To be frank, I think we are often not that different than the group of people in my Zoom chat. Within the church and even within our own families, I think we can find it easier to not judge when it comes to beliefs. But if you share the same gospel beliefs, it is suddenly so easy to start to judge each other with what we think the standard should be, demanding we all worship or believe the same on everything. It gets even messier when people use gospel belief to justify their positions for why they are right and someone else is wrong. Right now, with the current world climate, worshiping at church is not always a united feeling for everyone. These issues are divisive. The moment we start to judge, we go into that reality. What if we could stay in the space of non-judgment? What if we could just be the observer? It doesn't mean that we don't have strong feelings or that we can't have convictions about something. But instead of judging others, we just notice. We notice our feelings. We notice our thoughts. We notice the reality we are living in. This isn't a matter of who is right and who is wrong. This is a matter of who can I love. When Jesus was asked what the most important commandment was, He said to love God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. The second was like unto it, to love our neighbor as ourself. Everything else, everything else, he said, rests upon this. Everything. This means there is no other gospel principle more important than loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves, Jesus said that upon this commandment to love hang all the law and the prophets. 
Who are we to judge how someone worships God? Who are we to judge how someone follows any law or commandment? Who are we to judge what someone believes? Interesting to note that our 11th article of faith states, We claim the privilege of worshiping Almighty God according to the dictates of our own conscience and allow all men the same privilege. Let them worship how, where, or what they may. Several years ago, a religion teacher pointed out to me that this article of faith applies within the church as much as it does to other religions. We believe in allowing one another the privilege of worshiping God according to the dictates of our own conscience. This means if one person has sought personal revelation on how to approach his or her life, on what to believe is true and good and right for them, and it is different than another person's personal revelation, we allow one another this privilege. We don't judge. Instead, we love. And it is hard to love if we choose to judge how we think someone else should be living their faith and what their beliefs should be. Jesus further clarifies his commandment to judge not that ye be not judged in John 7 when he invites us to judge righteously. Notice that it doesn't say judge self-righteously. <laughs> he invites us to judge righteously. There is a big difference. What is righteous judgment? I would offer that righteous judgment allows you to be in a reality where you can still love another person, regardless of what they believe or do. If judgment is putting a meaning or a story on something, this means we tell a story that will support us in having love for another person. Maybe that story is, I know they're doing the best they can. I know they are doing what they feel is best for them. Or my all-time favorite mantra, I love and accept you. One of the great challenges of our day is that amidst the chaos of the world, we have been commanded to build Zion. Zion is the pure in heart. It is a people of one heart and one mind. Being of one heart and mind does not mean we all think and believe the same. In fact, Joseph Smith stated, By union of feeling, we obtain power from God. God loves variety and diversity. He created countless varieties of trees, plants, flowers, insects, animals, and people. There's always variety. We were all made by him to have different points of view and have variety in our thoughts. Sameness has never been the goal. Oneness has. Can we have a union of feeling? Can we be unified feeling love for one another? 
If it feels like an uphill battle to try to force everyone to think the same, perhaps we could make everything more efficient and choose to just love instead. It is possible to think and believe different and still love each other. This is the unity God asks of us, a union of feeling. Once we understand this, everything becomes easier. (laughs) We don't have to change people. We just have to love them. To be one is only possible if we can learn to stay in that space of non-judgment, to be the observer, or if we can learn to judge righteously. To judge righteously, we choose a story that allows us to love God and to love our neighbor as ourself. This is the only way to build Zion. This is the reality that we aim to build, and it has everything to do with how we judge. John H. Groberg was a previous temple president of the Idaho Falls Temple. In his book, Refuge and Reality, he talks about observing people who were leaving the temple after they had completed a session. Now, he would watch as they approached the doors to leave and noticed many would give a heavy sigh and say something like, back to the real world. (laughs) He watched this happen again and again until he finally felt inspired to set things straight. He says in his book, from then on, whenever I heard someone say they were sorry to have to leave the temple and go back into the real world, I would take them aside and say something like the following. I understand your feelings, but actually it is the other way around. You are not leaving the temple and going back into the real world. You are leaving the real world, the temple, and going back into the unreal, temporary world. Only that which lasts forever is real. Close quote. Only that which lasts forever is real. Think on that for a moment. This is God's reality. That which lasts forever. God's reality is love. Because charity never faileth. All other things fail. All other things pass away. But charity, the pure love of Christ, never fails. It lasts forever. If we create our reality through how we judge, I think there has never been a better time to judge righteously, to choose love, to suspend any judgment that takes us into the unreal temporary world that divides us and raises contention, and instead consciously choose love. This is how we build Zion. We learn to live in God's reality. We choose that which lasts forever. President Nelson has said that Zion is not where you live. It is how you live. It is the reality you live in. That moment on the mountaintop changed me. I suddenly understood what judgment does to me. 
I saw how it creates my reality. I had left on the walk angry and mad. I had some judgments. I could keep those judgments and stay in that reality, or I could let them go and enter a better one. I'm still practicing this, but I'm getting faster and noticing and choosing to judge righteously instead. The prophet Alma understood this well. Listen how he describes the reality that comes from judgment. He says, See that ye are merciful unto your brethren. Deal justly, judge righteously, and do good continually. And if ye do all these things, then shall ye receive your reward. Yea, ye shall have mercy restored unto you again. Ye shall have justice restored unto you again. Ye shall have a righteous judgment restored unto you again. And ye shall have good rewarded unto you again. For that which ye do send out shall return unto you again and be restored." Your judgment creates your reality. Just as Alma said, that which you do send out shall return unto you again and be restored. He finishes saying, Therefore the word restoration more fully condemneth the sinner and justifieth him not at all. In other words, be aware that your judgments create the reality you live in. Friend, think for a moment on the reality you are living in right now. Is it a reality of love? If it isn't, I promise you can change it. In fact, what if we could begin to change it right now? All things are created spiritually before they are created physically. Meditation is my favorite creation practice because I can spiritually create the change I'm hoping for in my life. I would love to do a meditation with you right now so you can experience the power of being the observer and changing your reality. I can talk all about it, but experiencing this for yourself is where the greatest power is. If you enjoy this meditation and you want to learn more, You can check out the links in the show notes for my free meditation course and the Small Seed Still meditation app. Okay, are you ready to create a new reality? If you're multitasking right now, you can either pause and you can take a moment to be still, or you can listen along with the intention of meditating on the move You'll get the most out of this meditation, not from having the environment be perfect, but more so from allowing yourself to be present, even if it's with your eyes open and standing up. Take a deep inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose. Inhale deeply from the belly. And exhale. Inhale light and love. Exhale, letting go of tension in your body. 
Inhale through the nose and exhale, letting go of commotion in your mind, letting go of thoughts causing stress, worry, fear, concern, let it all go. Inhale deeply through the nose and exhale, letting go of commotion in your heart. Inhale peace and calm. Exhale any lingering feelings of stress, fear, worry, or any other uncomfortable emotions. Simply breathe it out, allowing it to process through the body with every exhale of breath. Allow your mind, heart, and body to let go of all commotion. Relax your shoulders, drop your jaw slightly, allow your muscles in your face to relax. Allow the muscles in your stomach, your arms, your hands, simply relax and let go. Let it all go to truly be still. Be still in your mind. Be still in your heart. Be still in your body. Consider inviting the Lord to be with you in this space of stillness. I wonder what it would be like to have him beside you in this space of safety and peace. I invite you to bring into your mind a reality you currently have that you would like to change. Maybe it's a relationship. It could be a relationship with yourself, someone else, or even the events in the world happening right now. Whatever comes up for you right now is exactly what you need. Just bring this reality in your mind. The Lord delights in helping you change your reality. He will help bring things to your mind and show you how to create a new reality. I invite you to go back in time to a moment in your memory when this reality felt challenging. Only this time, you're simply going to observe it like you're watching a movie. There's no judgment here in this space. The Lord does not judge you, and you don't judge yourself. This space is a safe and peaceful place to just notice and observe. Now 
as you observe this moment from your memory, what do you notice about how this reality makes you feel? Do you notice any thoughts or judgments that surface that create this reality? What are they? Do you notice how your body feels? Allow the Lord to help you notice and discover the details of what this reality brings to you. Becoming the observer is something you can do in your memories, and it's something you can do as you go through your day. This detachment creates a neutral space. This neutral space is free of judgment. You may still have feelings that are uncomfortable, but when you notice the feelings without judgment, notice how the emotional charge is less. Your judgments create your reality. Observing without judgment allows you to detach from this reality so you can create a new one. Would you like to create a new reality? Say yes. Would you like to create a more supportive reality? Say yes. To do so will require a new belief. A belief that allows for love. I invite you to listen for a belief you can use to build a better reality. I wonder what it will be. What new belief comes to you? Whatever belief comes to mind that has love, hold this. New beliefs are seeds that must be nurtured. We nurture beliefs through repetition. What is your new belief? I invite you to practice this belief right now. Take a deep breath in and say this belief in your mind. Breathe it out and repeat it again. Breathe in and say your new belief in your mind. Breathe out, repeat it again. Breathe in, say your new belief in your mind. Breathe out, repeat it again. Do you feel the power this new belief holds in creating a better reality? Nurture this belief. I invite you to put your hands over your heart. Anchor in the power this belief holds in creating a new reality. A reality of power. A reality of love. A reality that brings light 
and builds and supports you in being who God created you to be. Anchor it in. See it in your mind. Feel it in your body. As you go through your day today, any moment you find yourself in the old reality, become the observer. Just notice. Then recall your new belief. Nurture the seed. You can create something new. The Lord is supporting you. Take a deep breath in through the nose. And exhale through the nose. Inhale light and love. Exhale gratitude. Enjoy this moment. Friend, if you enjoyed this podcast in meditation, will you please share it? Text it to a friend or share on social media. Let's teach one another how to live in love and create the reality we all want to live in. Let's build Zion together and find union of feeling.